When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 63, Blinding Lights. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. No Jack this week, unfortunately. He's not feeling too well, but I've got a very good last-minute addition stepping in. It is Dan Hill. Dan has been on the pod before. Dan, how are we doing? Thanks, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad myself, mate. I'm not bad myself. Um, just before we get into it, as I always do, guess why don't you give yourself a plug where people can find you, etc., on Twitter and obviously your podcast that you do with your mates. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, idanno 5 or... Uh... That's a uh, small I-D-A-N-K-N-O-W-0-5. Or you can find me at the Chelsea Social. I really write to them and do a bunch of content for them. Uh, I started a new little podcast with my mates. Uh, it's Ash uh, Football Podcast at E-I-S-H Football Pod on Twitter. Uh, it's a small little following, just three lads, Southern African lads talking about uh, the Premier League. Just have a little bit of a laugh. But yeah, thanks very much for uh, giving me the opportunity to plug those little things that we are doing at the moment. Yeah, Dan's links will be in the description below, so make sure you check him and his podcast out. Right, it was a busy week for Chelsea. It was a mixed week for Chelsea. We're going to start with the positives. It was Tuesday night against Juventus. Dan, 4-0 against Juventus. You know, we battered the old lady. Um, That was probably one of the best Chelsea performances we've sort of seen this season, you know, followed up nicely from obviously what we'd seen against Leicester over, over the weekend. Yeah, um, I said this to my mates when we were chatting about it on our podcast. I think this is the, it, it seemed to me like it was like a vintage Chelsea uh, Champions League performance and it gave me some idea of, uh, it made me think of the mid-2000s Chelsea, you know, like uh, under Jose, those classic Champions League nights under the lights of Stamford Bridge. And uh, just the, the sheer manner of control and the way that we smothered and suffocated and just completely went at Ju- Juventus really spoke to me that uh, this is a very, very serious team. And we needed to win that game, essentially, to have a chance of topping the group. And I think just the emphatic manner that we managed to win the game uh, with was really quite pleasing. And uh, just all around the pitch, I think everybody had an outstanding game. And it was really a top, top-tier performance from, from everyone. Yeah, that was Juventus' heaviest ever defeat in the Champions League, man. Worst defeat in any competition since 2004. So whatever you think about Juventus, and we are struggling this year, that was still a very impressive performance. I believe first goal comes in 
from uh, Trevor Chalabar from a corner. Lovely finish. Dan, I guess, just briefly, you know, Trevor on his Champions League debut. Again, you know, that's him again, sort of crossing off these little like milestones in his little Chelsea career so far. And he's, you know, just keeps putting putting his name down forward. Like, you know, you've got to play me. Yeah, he's outstanding. He's got a goal in his Premier League debut against Palace as well. Um, of course. And uh, yeah, that's, this is an outstanding player. And it's just, it's really quite interesting to note like the fine margins, especially with the, you know, all of our young crop of, of Cobbledon graduates. It's really a bit of a touch and go situation with respect to them getting a chance in the first team. Um, and Trevor really just got an opportunity in preseason, took it, impressed Tuchel, and I don't think he's looked back since. And it's, he's really such a classy operator because he doesn't play every week and he gets chances to come in. Uh, and whenever he does, he, he's, he's outstanding, you know, like he was against Leicester. He was excellent to uh, step up with Adam Ola Lukman when he was sort of offside. Um, he was very aware uh, of that situation. An inexperienced, an inexperienced player might have, uh, you know, uh, been a little bit lax played Lookman onside, suddenly it's 1-1 against Leicester, it's a completely different game. But just against Juventus, the, such a, a quality finish from what was a uh, a bit of a, a fortunate lock, uh, knockdown, and he gave a, a, he didn't put a foot wrong the whole game, uh, gave really quite a vintage Chelsea performance. He seems to be making that right centre-back right center back spot his own, and uh, there's no drop-off in quality when, like, Christensen comes out the, out the side, or Aspie comes out the side, and that's a full credit to Trev doing a really outstanding job in his first season at Chelsea. Yeah, no, exactly. That was 1-0. Moments later, Juventus could have equalised, but Thiago Silva, the man mounted with a brilliant goal line clearance to stop Alvaro Morata, and yeah, it was 1-0. Uh, we then get into the second half, and Reese James, that man again, on the score sheet with a cracking, cracking finish from one wing back to the other. Ball falls to Reese, and he's wallops at home, 2-0. I mean, Dan, you know, it's kind of, I say, I say, I do say all pretty much all the time, Pop, but Reese James is rather, rather good, isn't he? He is just, you know, he's quite good to have in this team. That's, he's outstanding. Rolls Reese, as many have called him, um, just a, an incredible footballer. And it's just one of probably the few footballers in the Chelsea squad who's a really, truly all round player. You know, just got so many wonderful attributes. And it's just his technique is outstanding. You know, having a look at that goal and uh, just see how he brings the ball down on his chest, you know, and with no hesitation, just volleys it into the corner and then uh, goes off into the crowd to take in the raptures. Um, just an outstanding player. And he, it just seems like he can do everything. You know, he's, he's strong, he's quick, uh, got fantastic technique. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it later, his little assist for the, the fourth goal or pre-assist for the fourth goal. Um, just an outstanding player and playing at a really, really top, top level this season. Yeah, third goal, Callum Hudson-Doy, he was on the score sheet. It was nice to see Callum on the score sheet. You know, he had a, you know, sort of, his shooting at times, you know, can be, leave a lot to be desired for, but it was actually just a really nice build-up goal. You know, Reese to, to Ziyech, to, to Ruben, who'd had a nice little sort of slalom dribble, lays it off to Callum, 3-0, um, ground erupted. That was really nice to see him, Callum again, him sort of taking his chance. And as you sort of mentioned, the fourth goal comes, it is, it is beautiful, you know, it's Juventus sort of clear the ball, whatever. Reese James just eases Moise Keane out of the way. He then just nonchalantly pings sort of a half volley ball diagonal out to, to Hakim Ziyech. McKenny obviously does misjudge it, but still, you know, then Ziyech is able to put it on a plate for Timo Werner and it's 4 0. And Dan, you know, Hakim Ziyech, he got the start, you know, and I thought again, you know, that was fairly encouraging from Hakim Ziyech, that showing, you know, he was maybe not outstanding, but there was still some really encouraging signs. Obviously, he could have had a goal if. Chesney hadn't pulled off a save to deny him earlier as well. Yeah, he likes the European contest. And I think that ZX's been a bit hot and cold for Chelsea. Um, through no, no fault of his own, really. I think just uh, 
in and out of the side, niggling injuries here and there, hasn't had the best time of things. But his technique's never been in question. His caliber as a football player has never been in question. And just puts a peach of his delivery on the plate for, for Timo. I thought he pressed really well in the game, uh, Hakim. He was always dangerous. He's always dangerous in the final third. There's, there's always that, uh, you know, that high-quality pass on the end of his wand of a left foot. And uh, I have a lot of time for Hakim Ziyech. Uh, I think his consistency is often questionable. But what is not questionable is his quality and in key moments. And I think that's what we saw um, against Juventus. Yeah, no, it was really, really nice showing. Obviously, you know, front three of Kalamas and Doi Hakim Ziyech, Christian Pulisic, and it just it did work really well. Uh, Juventus just didn't really have any answers and we were able to make them look very, very ordinary. And so it was nice for Timo to come off the bench, you know, on his return from injury, get a get a goal, a tap-in, you know, it's he's still got to do, still got to pull the ball away. So that was nice for him. That was just a really encouraging night for Chelsea. It was a really just a, a brilliant start to the week. You know, we then went top of our group, you know, now all we need to do is just simply just better Juve's result in the final game. Probably most likely means we have to win in St. Petersburg, which we should be more than capable of doing. And then we've come top in the you know, top of our Champions League group. And we still, you know, only conceded one goal in the Champions League group stage this season. Three games at Stamford Bridge in the group stage. Nine goals scored, none conceded. It has been a very enjoyable start to Chelsea's defence of their Champions League crown. Right, we're going to move on to Manchester United. This was frustrating. This is where the title of this episode, you know, Blinding Lights, comes into effect due to Thomas Tuchel's uh, comments about Jorginho getting, you know, getting lost, losing ball in the floodlights, allowing James Sancho to score, but we will get onto that a bit later. Dan, United talked to me. It was just frustrating, wasn't it? We had all the ball. We dominated. United, United's only shots on target came from errors by us, but, you know, we just couldn't, we couldn't kill them off. Yeah, it's really annoying. As I say, I, I, it's an odd time zone over here, so I'm going to sort of talk myself up. I stayed up till odd hours in the morning, about two in the morning to watch the game. I was, you know, we haven't beat United four in, in four years in the league. So I was hoping, I was like, well, we're overwhelmingly the better team, top of the league. Surely this should be our time. Uh, but yeah, no, as you said, under the blinding lights, Virginia didn't see the ball, uh, makes a bit of a catastrophic error, allowing Jaden Sancho to, to make the uh, breakaway and, uh, and leave Edu Mendy sort of on his, standing on his heels. Uh, but yeah, just 24 shots from Chelsea, eight on target. Uh, territorially, we were dominant. You know, we had the, just the better, more possession. Uh, better play. How we didn't win that, I don't know. Uh, just lacking complete final third quality. Really, really frustrating. I was really quite despondent going through about the day today because I was really hopeful of a, of, a, of a win just to consolidate first place given that the City and Liverpool won. But yeah, it's not all doom and gloom because um, in a sense, it's not be too reactionary. We're still top of the league and we did create a lot of chances. We were still um, more positive. You know, we're definitely the better team on the day, but it's just it, it, it harked back to maybe the Burnley result, similar situation, you know, lots of chances. I think I was reading a, a, a couple of stats in the game. I think Tuchel pointed to the fact that the uh, 49 shots in the last two home games, only two goals. So that's a little bit frustration with the frustrating with the con- lack of conversion, but uh, something to work on. Um, yeah, uh, just frustrating. Yeah, no, I think it sums up. Obviously, you know, first half we were pretty dominant. Callum Hudson Doy had a really good chance. Didn't put it away. Rudiger hit the bar. You know, one of his long shots we fought. Was that going to be the one that goes in? No. Um, and yeah, we was just, you know, we were in control, but it was nil-nil. And as I said, unfortunately, that moment happened to start the second half. United, long ball forward. I, we, I mean, you know, there's a lot to question about, you know, the goal we conceded. Why is Jorginho the only man back there? Why is Marcus Alonso on corners? 
when he's probably one of yeah. our biggest sort of threats in the air. But it was kind of a lot to be left aside for the gob. Obviously, Jorginho, you know, tries to control it, doesn't control it. There's Sancho to pounce. Uh, and he's got a two-on-one, and in the end, he doesn't even need Rashford. He can just calmly slot past Mendy, and all of a sudden, we're 1-0 down to United in the game we've been completely dominant in, and we've got, you know, got a bit of work to do. Timo missed a glorious chance at 1-0 down. You know, man, I don't know how he managed to get that far wide, but he did. However, we did get a penalty. We did get back on level terms. Wan-Bissaka fouled Thiago Silva in box. Jorginho made up for his error. A lot of, lot of credit needs to go for him for that. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him to, to make amends. He did that. It's 1-1. Um, and yeah, we we kind of kept going, we kept going. Didn't really have huge chances, though, unfortunately. Um, you know, we then nearly balls up at the end with Mendy's hack, hacked clearance, you know, which Fred only, you know, frankly chipped into his arms. Um, and Rudiger has that narrow chance at the end, you know, we had all the time in the world, but unfortunately he didn't seem to think he did. And probably the one player we didn't want it necessarily falling to, you know, in that position was Tony Rudiger. And he blazed it over and it ended 1-1 and it was frustrating. But, you know, going to want to talk about player performances because this you know was quite I mean one player in particular yesterday was very divisive on Twitter and that was Hakim Ziyech we pre we have praised him you know for his Juventus performance but on Twitter there was a lot and lot of different different opinions from varying varying extremes some saying you know he was really good he was one of our best players and some saying he was really really awful Dan how did you kind of assess Hakim Ziyech's performance? A uh, bit of a mixed bag to be honest a bit of a mixed bag I, I like his uh desire to press his desire to do something off the ball i just thought the on the ball quality was lacking um it, it's just strange for Zier because i say he's a player that blows hot and cold you know and i feel like in games that he also fades in and out of the game he loses a little bit a little bit of interest i want to see especially in a game against united if it's close clearly we're struggling i want to see a little bit more impetus from him you know a little bit like take charge of the game get involved get your elbows dirty you you know like just get stuck in and I just didn't feel like I was getting that from him but I mean to me there's a there's a moment that tells you everything you need to know about Hakim Ziyech as he has a in my opinion a slightly subpar below his level performance but then at the end of the game you have that uh, Rudiger chance where Ziyech plays a, a cute little reverse ball to Pulisic, Pulisic crosses it in and then who, who, who else other than Ziyech sees that pass and makes that that opportunity so yeah it's 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 really frustrating because we know the quality that Hakim Ziyech possesses, but he's just sometimes he just doesn't deliver, you know. Um, and we were missing that key moment that he had uh, that we saw against Juventus, and we just that's all that I was sort of waiting for. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that he was quite as catastrophically bad as I saw with some of the takes on Twitter. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was terrible either. I thought he had a bit of a mixed bag of a game. I'd probably give him maybe like a six and a half, six out of ten uh, for that game. It wasn't historically bad it wasn't great but uh yeah probably left me wanting more that's what i will say yeah so i would hack him to for me you know before he started off quite well he did gradually frustrate me more and more as the game went on i felt he was very quite selfish of the ball a lot of times yeah, there were passes thing, yeah. open but he didn't take he kind of felt like and i hate using this term because it's kind of a, a term used you know on football twitter that i'm not a fan of but it did kind of feel at times that he was trying to play hero ball as the kids say there was yeah. a lot of selfish you know decision making him wanting to take the glory some powder puff shots and goal shots getting blocked he was quite frustrating for me and obviously I know I can't stand why people get frustrated with Ziyech but I feel that if you you know if you're getting frustrated with Hakim Ziyech you've probably got to get frustrated with a lot of other people because a lot of players yesterday I think were you know performed at his level or below his level you know it wasn't just all on Ziyech you say Callum you know with that chance probably should do better Timo Werner don't really want to talk about him but it was not great 
you know, yesterday from him, you know, he just didn't really offer a huge amount. And then chances he got, he just was not, you know, really able to to take it. To be fair, I don't think really was a game that suited him, but I don't really want to make excuses for Timo. And then someone else, Ruben lost to cheek in midfield. You know, obviously there's no Kante, no Kovacic. He had to step up. And while I thought he was okay, but again, he was one player who just held onto the ball way too long at times, yeah. didn't release it quickly enough. It was very, very frustrating. And I kind of, I kind of described, you know, I had this, I sent, sent this message to someone, but, you know, obviously the last two games at home have been Burnley and United. But to me, they're, you know, and obviously while people can go 1 1, they were two very different sort of games for me. Burnley 1 1 was kind of like your typical, maybe what we saw sort of seen in the Lampard era, where we dominate a team, we don't finish it off and we, you know, get punished. Whereas United, we actually didn't create a huge amount. We probably created enough to win, but we had a lot of the ball, but we were too slow with it. We were too just not, we didn't probably take enough risks. And I kind of compared him, this isn't a dig or anything, but it kind of felt more, that performance felt more perhaps Sari-esque in the fact that it was just a bit slow. It was a bit the fudge. We could have done more with the ball. You know, as I said, we were in control. We were in control, which was, you know, the frustrating thing. But obviously that is football. You make mistakes, you get punished for these things do happen it was you know a frustrating um day at the office because we played you know we'd probably done enough to win we were a better team man united i mean you know that was man united with all that all that talent cristiano ronaldo left on the bench and they their only two chances came from two errors two you know pretty big errors by us which you know we we wouldn't normally see so yeah it was a weird one it, it's kind of hard to sort of it's it's a weird game to kind of look back on and try and really analyze performance because i don't think anyone was really great. I don't think, you know, apart from maybe Thiago Silva, but I don't think anyone was like catastrophically bad, except from, you know, for maybe being harsh, like Timo Werner for the chances he missed. But it, it was kind of one of those where it felt like a decent team performance, but just n- not not great, not outstanding. We were sort of just middling and, you know, it was just a bit frustrating. But I guess after what we'd seen against Leicester and Juventus, we didn't really, you know, see, you know, you thought, you know, United, you know, there's a lot riding on. We've not been them for four years. The players would be up for it. And it just, I don't know. It just seemed a bit, bit meh. Maybe that's, you know, credit to, to United, but I don't, you know, I find it hard to give credit to United when they still gave up quite a lot of chances. But yeah, I'm kind of, kind of rambling on it, but I just wonder if you had any full sore force to add to that, Dan. Yeah, I think you, you framed it quite pointedly. I did say that initially that we created a lot of chances against United. I think I should qualify that by agreeing with you by saying we created enough to win. But I just think on the face of it, the fact that we're so dominant in possession and so dominant uh, territorially that we should have won. Like, it's, it's just a different context of the game if you have, if you start the game on the front foot, you know, like if Callum's goal goes in, it's an, the game has an entirely different complexion because now suddenly United are chasing the game and their sort of quote-unquote negative tactics of sitting deep and of trying to absorb pressure, now they're entirely negated. So I think what we were missing was a very fast start. And I think you framed it well in the sense that you, you pointed to maybe the Sari era in the United game, you know, very much uh, symbolic of that. And I don't think it was a coincidence that we had someone like Ruben in the middle, who, for all his dribbling ability, was not, like you say, releasing the ball enough. And that was emblematic of how, how we were playing. I thought as well, Marcus Alonso was pretty ponderous uh, at left wing back. You know, he wasn't uh, underlapping a lot like uh, Chilwell does, wasn't running beyond, wasn't tracking back. He just lacked the energy that we had from Chilwell, and that was a big miss on that side. Um, I also thought um, Reese put in a couple of chances. He, there was one cross he had into the box where uh, Timo Werner doesn't anticipate. You know, he just is caught flat-footed. You know, it's just those finer details that we were really missing against United, um, just that extra edge that we that we had against Leicester and, and Juventus. I think 
we were on it for both of those games for 90 minutes. Maybe it's just a case of one of those games where fatigue's getting lots of changes. You know, it's not quite clicking. Um, I think, I wouldn't say we got away with a point, but uh, I think it, in the context of not losing the game was probably a good thing. Um, but uh, I just felt, I, am, I can't help but feel that um, we were, we should have won it. You know, that was just the one thing that I took out of that. It should have been a, should have been a win. And like you said, we shot ourselves in the foot twice, got punished once, luckily. Uh, but not twice. Um, but yeah, just uh, just frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it kind of sums it up well. You know, we're not. You know, there was obviously naturally, as there always is after when you drop points, and there was a lot of overreaction. I just say I don't think it was. It was that bad. It was just. It was just frustrating. And I guess the frustrating thing as well that it's the second consecutive league game at Stamford Bridge where we've been pretty much in control, and two. You know, switching two lapses in concentration, us switching off. You know, in two moments has cost us really. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the, that's where this team is still. I guess where you know where we've got, I guess maybe got to try and stay a bit grounded. Obviously, we do love to you know get you know really praise this team. We do like to talk highly of it, and they've given us a lot of reason to talk highly of it. But we've also got to maybe just try and keep grounded because this team, not quite. I mean, and, and you know, not quite. You know, perhaps winning the amount of games or not winning the type of game they should do which is what we maybe like to see from a title challenger. Although, again, I will qualify that with Liverpool have dropped some points, some poor, you know, poor points this season. City have dropped some poor points as well. So these do, these kind of results do happen. And as much as we, you know, it's a, it is United, they're always going to be up for it. You know, it's sort of the start of a new era for them. And, you know, they, while their game plan ended up working, you know, and their tactics ended up working. Obviously, there was a fair bit of luck involved, but it is what it is. That, that happens in football. You can't really complain when you make a, a cataclysmic error like we did. You know, if you don't win the game, you can't really complain a great deal about what happened. And yeah, I know you sort of touched on Alonso. I don't want to, you know, be too harsh on Alonso. I kind of, you know, it's obvious, you know, what he is a big downgrade on Ben Chilwell. That's no disrespect to Marcus Alonso. It's just the way it is. It's not 2017 anymore. It is not the Marcus Alonso of 2017. He's a good player. You know, I thought defensively yesterday he was fine. Well, I mean, he wasn't really tested, but he was just felt at times our attack was just a bit slow. And again, maybe it's not just on him, but it was, you know, again, a couple of times you see those balls, you know, the defenders pinging over top, you know, but it's not Alonso. You know, Alonso's not getting there, you know, and Chilwell would be in those positions. And even, you know, we're talking about late on against United, you know, where Rudiger is. I mean, obviously Alonso has been subbed off at this point, but if Chilwell's on the pitch, then he's probably in that position where Rudiger's in, you know, to try and slot home that slot home that chance. But it's, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, the Ben Chilwell injury is a big blow. We've not really actually talked about it. So I'll just get your, Dan, quick thoughts. Obviously, you know, we don't know quite yet the severity of it, but obviously, you know, we're going to be about Ben Chilwell certainly till the end of end of the calendar year and then we're going to i guess hear more about it in the new year but just thoughts on you know the loss of ben Chilwell and how much does this like affect your confidence in this team and you know its aspirations for the season without dealing without ben Chilwell? yeah i think um just we've seen a lot of what ben can do in the past month or month and a bit you know it's just a, he's a really dynamic uh left wing back you know you see him just have a look at him in the juventus game and the the or the, in the first part of the event, particularly the Leicester game, though, how he's running beyond. He created a bunch of those chances where he was unfortunately flagged offside a couple of times against Leicester. He's running beyond it, but then, like, two minutes later, he's running back to, to try and uh, stop a, a counter-attack, and then he's there available for a pass to midfield. Then he's underlapping and interchanging with Keller. And uh, he's just, he's had such a positive impact on, on the side 
and uh, he's he's just so fit. He's he's very he's even strong on the ball. He's got such a brilliant technique, and uh, he, he complements Reese so well. You know, Reese on the right hand side. You know, they, they seem to be a, a good blend together. They're, they're quick, dynamic, uh, excellent on the ball. They both take corners. Got brilliant delivery. Got great technique uh, when it comes to finishing as well. Marcus Alonso has quite a lot of those things as well, but what he lacks is the the pace and the dynamism that uh, that that two will have. And he's going to be a tremendous tremendous loss for us, at least in the short term. Um, hopefully, above all, that he's okay uh, as a person more than anything. But uh, we we as Chelsea fans are going to miss him a lot, and I think it affects the balance of our team. You know, certainly having one quick, dynamic uh, right wing back on the right hand side, and then one that's not quite so quick, Marcus Lance on the left is is going to affect our attacking abilities, and then Tuchel's probably going to have to make a tweak again. Um, so, look, it's it's important not to be reactionary after getting just a point against Man United because we've had some excellent performances this season. Uh, still top of the league by a point. Um, we've still uh, only lost the one game uh, against Man City. So there's every confidence that we're, we'll be involved in this title charge. But games like United do leave a few question marks in my head as to whether we'll have the staying power um, to keep up with um, City and Liverpool. I certainly think we have a better defence than both of them, um, as the statistics prove. But um, yeah, I think it's going to get to the point where we're going to need to start winning games like that in order to really try and fill the gap or to try and continue to sustain our position at the top. So that's that's really a key point where Ben Chilwell, I think, falls in. And uh, he just, as I said, just to summarise, he, he just gives us such great balance that I don't think, unfortunately, someone like Marcus Alonso affords us. Yeah, no, exactly. And look, it's it's still early days in the Premier League season. Um, obviously, that, you know, Chelsea have played seven home games in the league this season and we have already dropped seven points at home. And obviously, I know you can quantify that and go, well, Man City at home, OK, you can lose that game. But also, you know, the fact that we've, uh, say, we've also dropped the points to to Burnley and to Man United, you know, and to a woefully out for Man United. Look, in terms of the form table at home, We've got the fourth or joint, yeah, we've got the fourth best uh, home record, which isn't, you know, it's bad. And again, it's very early days. The sample size of games is very small, but it is, I guess, a bit frustrating. But, you know, a couple of these games is where we've dropped points. And again, you know, we talk about Chelsea out of, you know, I think we've conceded five goals in the league this season. Four of them have come at Stamford Bridge. I don't know if it's, you know, anything to, you know, and should be too worried about going forward. But it is a fact that maybe, you know, at home we are going to have to try and just, sort out a few more issues whereas if you compare us to you know when we're away from home we are you know just different gravy you say we're top of the form away from home we've you know 16 points from our six games 13 goals scored one conceded we're a completely different kettle of fish here. we don't really seem to be under this you know face the same challenges we do and obviously that can be down to you know team's approach you know obviously when the teams come to Stanford Ridge they perhaps don't you know come at us as much as they do uh doesn't you know necessarily leave necessarily all the space behind but yeah it's going to be I guess interesting just to see, you know, just to keep an eye on that looking for, because obviously, you know, we look at our, our home record, you know, last season sort of wasn't particularly outstanding either. Um, our home record last year, we actually won, you, you know, we only won nine of our 19 home games. And obviously part of that is due to, you know, Frank sort of struggling a bit at the end, but, you know, there were, we only took 33 points from our 19 home games last season. And that's just maybe, you know, given the fact we say we have already dropped seven points at home this year. Again, it is only early days, but just maybe just keep an eye on that. If we want to be title challenges, 
you know, you've got our home form has got to be pretty, pretty reliable. And we can't be, you know, dropping too many more of these results at home where, you know, we have got that considerable, you know, home advantage. So that is just maybe something to keep an eye on. But, you know, I wouldn't really be too worried about what's going on at the moment. You know, we are talking about Champions League group, you know, we're in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. Uh, you know, find we find out, or by the time this is out, have found out who our opponents are in the Club World Cup, you know, which is nice. That gives us something to look forward to in the new year, you know, set our sights on another trophy to win a trophy with Chelsea haven't won. So I'd say, you know, life is is fairly good at the moment. Obviously, you know, it, 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 you know, we, we can't just be this relentless juggernaut. You know, we'd love to be. But given how this Premier League season's gone, there's going to be many twists and turns. It, you know, this week it was our, our turn to sort of maybe have a, a slightly, you know, disappointing or odd result. As we said, we've seen this season, City have, have lost at home to Crystal Palace. They've drawn at home to Southampton. You know, there's been some, some iffy games for them. Liverpool have, have thrown away leads at home to, to, um, to Brentford and Brighton. So it will just be, you know, it's going to be one more. I don't think we're going to be looking at a ridiculously high points total to win it this year, you know, compared to recent years. It'll still be fairly high, but I think there will be more twists and turns, which is why this Premier League is going to be really hard to call, really, you know, exciting. It's why there's going to be a lot of reactionary takes of, oh, we've blown it. Oh, you know, then next week we'll be like, oh, yeah, we can win the league. And then the week after it will change it. That's just the way it is. That's the way a lot of way football fans work. But yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But look, things are pretty, you know, pretty good at the moment for Chelsea so I wouldn't be too concerned about what is going on and yeah hopefully say it's a big you know just we get into December now lots of big games coming up we've really got to be you know pretty pretty perfect you know pretty near on perfection really going into into Christmas if we want to really sort of stay up there and be up there because we have got some difficult games coming up obviously we do it is important we bounce back uh Wednesday night against Watford and fingers crossed we do Right, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of that Chelsea podcast. I'm sorry there's no Jack this week. Unfortunately, he is plagued by illness. Uh, hopefully, he'll be with me uh, Wednesday night at Watford at Vicarage Road, but we will have to wait and see. Uh, but I do want to say a big thanks again for Dan for stepping in last minute. You know, due to being what's going on, it's not been easy to try and sort of guess, but Dan was very kind in giving me his time. It's obviously very late where he is right now where we're recording. So, Dan, uh, thank you for coming on. Before you go, give yourself one last plug again. Where will people can find you on Twitter, your podcast, et cetera, so they can see, you know, your articles for the Chelsea Social, your podcast, and, you know, your tweets. You know, you put, put a funny tweet out today, but hopefully we'll get, get the love it deserves. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Nick. I mean, I think I was on your pod in roughly about February, January, February. And I always listen to your pod quite religiously, and it's one of my favourites, so it's, it's an honour to be on. Thank you for making the time for having me on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, idano05. That's a small i d a n k n o w zero five. I write uh, articles for the Just Social, um, so you can check me out there as well. Um, yeah, I do have a, a podcast with my mates. Uh, it's just a small little Premier League focused podcast at H Football Pod, uh, E I S H Football Pod uh, on Twitter. The links to everything to that podcast are on our Twitter page there. Uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, thanks again for having me on. It's really good to chat Chelsea with you. And I will end this by saying it's not all doom and gloom for Chelsea. We look to the festive period with uh, with some optimism. Um, I know I felt a little bit down yesterday, but uh, it's it's not the end of the world. Still top of the league, so it's a reason to smile. We have Tommy Tuchel, so let's let's be happy about that. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. I say all Dan's links will be in the description below. Make sure. You check him out and yeah, say it likes pretty, you know, we are still top of the league. Obviously, it's a bit disappointing. We didn't get the result we wanted against Manchester United. And given that we have had a poor record against them in recent years, I guess it stings a bit more. But you know, if we put it right, as long as we bounce back midweek against Watford, we can then go in with some confidence into a big game at West Ham of a weekend. You know, these sort of games, crucial defining games in our season now. 
uh, to see kind of whereabouts we will be in this sort of title conversation. But yeah, it's it's really exciting. It's going to be really you know interesting period to look forward to as Chelsea fans. As uh, as for us, we're on Twitter. I've actually put on Instagram. I've just put when we put the tweet out with a pod. Just like retweet, share it all about, play it to whoever will listen. Uh, just get out there, get people downloading the podcast. Uh, it helps us out a lot. And uh, if you, you listen on Apple Podcasts, whatever, if you leave us a rating and review as well, that helps, gets us, you know, more people notice us more, get us pushed out there a bit more. At the end of the day, we're all just Chelsea fans talking about the one club we love, you know. And as I say, we can't always win every week, but we can still have some pretty good weeks. And last week wasn't a bad week, to be fair. We are still top of the league. We're top of our Champions League group now. So it's not all doom and gloom. The Academy boys keep on shining. As we said, three on the score sheet against Juventus. That was very nice. But until the next episode, everybody keep a blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network.